Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the globe, bringing you news, views, and current affairs for the LGBT community. This is the World Wide Wave. It's World Wide Wave time. Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community. Taking you around the globe, one queer story at a time. I'm Matt and we are live from the magnificent Victorian Pride Centre studios where tonight I'm joined by Stefan. Good evening. And shortly by Andrew. Yes, good evening too. Wow, that was a quick change. <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> the, the election of Joe Biden over Donald Trump as US president was supposed to see a change in the way politics was done towards a less divided United States. But the LGBTIQ community especially was, and was looking for change. So a little over a year since President Biden's inauguration, where are we now? Already this year, more than 300 anti-LGBTIQ bills have been proposed across America, most targeting the trans community. Also lurking are rumours of a profound change of views of the powerful US Supreme Court, a change that could lead to the reversal of LGBTQ rights like marriage equality. Uh, to understand what's happening in the courts and parliaments of America, we'll shortly be joined in the studio by Professor Paula Gerber from the Law Faculty of Monash University and Kaleidoscope Australia Human Rights Foundation. Now we're talking all things America tonight. What are the things that just don't make sense about America? Whether you've been there or not, I'm sure you've got an opinion on this. Crazy American things, the things where you nod your head and go, only in America. It is a pleasure to welcome, not for the first time to the, sh to the show, but the first time to our new studios, Professor Paula Gerber from Kaleidoscope Australia Human Rights Foundation and the Monash, Monash University's Law Faculty. Hello, Paula. Hello, and it's fantastic to be here. And I'll just say to everyone, if you haven't come to the Bride Centre, do so. It is just the most amazing, amazing building. And it's interesting. I've been, as we've been sort of um, coming back into uh, the studios, just gradually there's more and more people coming in. You always see people buzzing around, more and more events. So, yeah, the excitement's certainly coming. But we're here to talk all about America mm. tonight and what what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's, it's not a good news story, that's for sure. I think well, when we when you know we saw said goodbye to Trump and hello Biden, we thought that it was opening a you know a, a brand new world. But in many respects, the rot had already set in, and what we're seeing now is a huge wave in anti-LGBTIQ laws and violence and hatred across the country. But we were sort of um, marriage equality was such a big moment that was sort of meant to be the turning point people were hoping that would be the turning point to a um a more supportive atmosphere for lgbt people it seems to have actually gone the other way 
Yes, what I've observed as I study um, the laws regulating LGBTIQ people around the world is that it's very much a pendulum effect. So when we have a big swing uh, <coughs> towards a progressive uh, law, like marriage equality, there's much celebration, but then very quickly the pendulum swings back the other way. So in 2015, we had marriage equality. In 2016, we had a wave of laws across America banning trans people using the bathroom other than what was on their Mm. uh, birth certificate. Then in 2020, we had another US Supreme Court decision that said um, employees could not be fired because of their sexual orientation or gender identity, the case of Bostock and uh, County. And then now in 2021 and 2022, for the first time, we're seeing this massive wave of anti... hundreds of bills. Hundreds of bills, a record highest in history, um, about trans people in sports in many instances, which was never an issue before 2020. Mm. But the pendulum swung too far, in quotation marks, towards the, the, the progressive side of things. And so the, it, it, you know emboldened the anti-LGBTIQ people to change their strategies, to look at different ways to counter this this progress. Uh, I was going to, to ask, what's, in your opinion, what's behind this? Because it's you know, it's just revenge, or people trying to... I don't know, it, it sounds... Um, the psychology behind mm. it is is curious. How I'd describe it is there is a moral panic going mm. on yeah. in, in America. So there's this exaggerated fear and it's just whipped up this mass hysteria about, you know, in particular trans people are going to be, you know, winning all the women's sports events or raping people in, in women's bathrooms. And there's absolutely no evidence and no basis for this belief, but it has just started and it's it's snowballing and it, where it's going to end, I don't know. Well, the other part of this, the other theme that keeps coming through in, in, in many of the laws that are being put up is uh, it's not just attacks on trans people, but trans youth. It's sort of taking that old angle of who's looking after the children. Yes. Look, I heard this described in, in Australia when we had the marriage quality debate. Um, you know, we're very much a secular state country here and arguments about religion don't tend to have widespread appeal but if you talk about protecting the children that gets everyone fired up so the opposition to marriage equality in australia was about protecting the children and uh, there was a very uh, descriptive term that i loved of ventriloquist parents because we never heard from the children and it's the same in america you don't hear these children saying oh you know i'm being uh targeted by gay teachers or trans peers in the classroom but the adults use the children as the as the ammunition and the fodder for their arguments because they're actually um encasing this as parental rights bills we're giving rights back to the parents to choose um, your your you know to exclude your child from receiving hormone therapy or to exclude your child from receiving um, sex education. Yes, well, uh, the Florida governor said that parents send their children to school for an education, not indoctrination, um, because heaven forbid if they should learn that there are diverse even religious schools, even religious schools. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, one of the really interesting interesting things about America is they are the only country in the world 
that has not ratified the Convention on the Rights of the Child. 196 other countries have all said yes, this is the global standard for protecting children that we will all be bound by, but not America. Utter hypocrisy. Yes. Why haven't they? Complex reasons. In part, it is a very strong lobby by parents. Particularly, there's a lot of homeschooling that goes on in America, and they say that uh, if the if this treaty is is ratified by America, they will lose their right to educate their children at home in the way they want. There's also arguments about um, military service because the American military take in people under the age of 18. Mm. And the third reason is uh, very topical for, for what we're talking about tonight is the idea that children is defined in the in the treaty as being from birth to 18. And uh, there's a big vocal group in America who say that children should be defined from conception to 18 mm. and that the treaty doesn't protect the rights of the unborn child. Roe v. Wade abortion arguments. Yeah, we want to get into that a little bit and how it links to LGBT rights. We, we should point out that there are some um, even Republican governors who have been speaking up against these sorts of trans laws and saying um, that they're going too far and things like that. So there is sort of, there is discourse, but even the ones that have been speaking up have either been um, overruled by their, their, their state parliaments um, or that they're feeling threatened that a, a Trump-backed candidate is going to come in and go against them and they're going to use this as ammunition. So it's a really volatile political environment. Absolutely. Anyone who speaks out against these bills has got a huge target on their back. So, for example, the Florida's uh, governor's office said that anyone who opposed opposes this uh, parental rights and education bill um, obviously approves of grooming of children. So they put that label of grooming, which we all associate with pedophilia, mm. onto LGBTIQ people and their allies. So if you don't support this bill, you must be a pedophile. The crazy craziness of America. I'm um, coming up. We'd like to explore with you more about that Roe versus Wade, the abortion debate, and how it might actually influence LGBT rights. This is World Wide Wave. Heart Joy, Heart Radio. Turn us on with iHeart Radio today. This is Scott from the Equality Network Scotland on the World Wide Wave. It's World Wide Wave, taking you around the globe one queer story at a time. Um, Calling out to you crazy things. We're talking about America tonight, and there's some crazy stuff that just doesn't quite make sense. Crazy things that are happening. Anything to throw in, team? Yeah, I love the fact they have geriatric sex workers catered to every taste. Right. Mm. Well, that's inclusive, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, anything stand out for you? Maybe a keenness for gun. Oh, That's the whole gun debate just does not make sense, does it? Well, not to me, but I'm sure it makes sense to other people. No, still not. <laughs> um, for me, cheese in a can. My, my f a friend bought me back. He said, I've got a gift. He went to a Canada, America. I've got something from Canada and something from American. Canada was this beautiful bottle of maple syrup. It was designed in a maple leaf. It looked beautiful. And America was cheese in a can. And ugh. Did you try it? <laughs> oh, I did. did. Oh, yeah, I had to. But, ugh. <laughs> you can get a breakfast cereal where they uh, give you a packet of powder and you add that to the milk to turn it green because each of the little bits of cereal is shaped like a UFO. 
Okay. Talking USA tonight with us is Professor Paula Gerber from Kaleidoscope Australia Human Rights Foundation and the Monash University Law Faculty. Paula, Roe versus Wade, which is the big, um, I guess, landmark abortion case in America, um, it's rumoured that it's going to change. We've had this leaked um, 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 report. Um, In legal terms, how big a deal is that? It doesn't get much bigger. Um, That decision has been around since 1973. And to say that a woman has a constitutional right to manage her own reproductive health and then to have that taken away is uh, is frankly frightening and I think it is frightening not just for heterosexual cisgender women who are the ones who you immediately think of as being you know affected by a reversal of Roe v Wade but it is also the LGBTIQ community because Once the Supreme Court has overturned fundamental constitutional rights like that, then the door opens to all sorts of other challenges. And, you know, one of the frightening things about the US is their Supreme Court judges are appointed for life, Mm. literally for life. So in Australia, there's mandatory retirement of judges at 70. So there is a bit of a turnover of the the judicial officers. But in America, you know, people who are appointed can be there for 30, 40, 50 years. Since the first Roe versus Wade decision almost. Yes, yes. So um, there's a lots of opportunity in this current court and you might remember that uh, Donald Trump appointed a very uh, conservative right-wing anti-abortion judge in his final weeks before the election to replace the wonderful Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She would be turning in her grave. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, it's very worrying to think about what other landmark decisions could be overturned and and what immediately of course brings to mind is the uh is the marriage equality decision overfell from 2015 hasn't even been around that long and is the court going to revisit that one as well because that's the risk it hasn't parliament has not endorsed that it's been a a ruling through the courts um and therefore a change in court ruling could could um reverse things how does that actually happen, though? Is that um, uh, would they use Roe versus Wade as a precedent? Is it is it sort of changing some underlying thinking, or it's it? What actually happens is that it emboldens the right wing religious activists to go, okay, well, we succeeded in overturning Roe v. Wade, so let's find a case that we can take to the Supreme Court about marriage equality. And so it's not that Roe v. Wade is any precedent in the in the legal sense of that term, but it is uh, a signal to others that the Supreme Court's open for business, for overturning, for rethinking their fundamental decisions about constitutional rights just to list let let's test this out yes yes how does it happen though do do they have to bring a case to the court or do they just decide that they're going to revisit this decision a case has to be brought to the court and you don't have an automatic right to appeal to the u.s supreme court you have to get what's called leave or permission from the court but if the court gives permission to hear to hear a case they're basically saying we are open to reconsidering what the law has been to date and um so a 
group, the religious body, will bring a case that says, actually, um, we think that the right of same-sex couples to marry violates our constitutional right, that this is a purely heterosexual institution, and if the Supreme Court says, yes, we'll hear those arguments, then a moral panic should begin amongst the uh, LGBTIQ community. But I guess society in America has moved on from the 1970s. Is there, no, and, and I was I was reading um, some polling on um, on abortion rights, and it's like 60% uh, against a change of the, the, the current status and 35% for. So it's quite an imbalance. Yes, but... but so the court does not... Is it, shouldn't the court be representative of the thoughts of the country at that time? No, the, the judges are there to interpret the law and to interpret the constitution and the only opinion that matters is their opinion. So they are not influenced by what the public thinks. Um, they are only inf influenced by their own interpretation of these words on the page. So, yeah, public opinion doesn't matter. Um, I lived in California for five years, and I always say that I lived in California, not that I lived in America, because America is such a divided country. Mm. And um, I, you know, having lived in California for that period, have a sense of how Californians think and, and their approach to things. I have no sense of how someone in Texas... Uh, views that's the same the same issue so uh, what we are going to see is becoming an even greater divide between the 50 united states um, and already like with the anti-trans laws we are in particular in texas we are seeing people move out of texas for fear of their children being the victims of these laws and their fan that family so in in Texas, a bit off topic here in terms of Roe v. Wade, but in Texas they are now, the government is investigating for child abuse parents who support their trans children transitioning. Oh, and, and there have been investigations and prosecutions that have been launched against parents and against health providers who provide gender transitioning services. And so... Families who have a trans kid are deciding that the safest option is just to move out of Texas. There doesn't seem to be any electrical, uh, electoral consequences for these sorts of things either. In fact, um, in, in some of these states it seems to be, um, you know, it, it's used as a political solution. Like, coming out against this is uh, the, these sorts of basic human rights doesn't seem to have a lot of support in some states. Well, in fact, the... Politicians who are putting these numerous hundreds of bills before the state legislatures in the United States are following a well-worn path. And that is that in countries like the Gambia, for example, or Nigeria, where they introduce anti-LGBTQI laws, it's a distraction. The economy's doing really badly. There's corruption in the accusations against the politicians. Oh, look over here at these bad LGBTIQ people. So it's to try and shift people's focus from being on their, the real problems, uh, kids being shot up in schools in Texas. But, oh, no, let's, let's prosecute parents of trans kids. So it is all just about distraction and diversion away from the real issues.
And uh, there's perhaps a bit of that in our recent uh, federal elections. Even I would like to come and talk to you, uh, talk uh, next a bit about what all this means for Australia because America has such influence in the world. Our guest tonight is Professor Paula Gerber from Kaleidoscope Australia Human Rights Foundation and the Monash University Law Faculty, and you're on World Wide Wave. What's happening? Download the Joy app today. Hi, this is Andre Dupassi from the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans and Intersex Association. Speaking from Geneva on the World Wide Wave. Now, we've uh, just want to mention that um, Joy's radio training is back and uh, we're doing face-to-face training courses here again. It's something that we've all done here in this room and it's yeah. a really um, very impressive course and you go through everything from not just how to um, put together a show but things like um, um, media law and um, microphone skills and interviewing techniques and all those sorts of things. It's really impressive. It runs over nine weeks and um, it's a great opportunity to uh, get an insight or to get, to get into radio. Um, so we've got courses starting in, uh, I think it's next week, the week after. Next anyway, week. next week it is, you're right. Tomorrow um, week. So you need to book for that this week if you're interested. It's basically go to joy.org.au and the banners at the top of the page will give you more information. From coming out to reaching out, fighting for change or battling to be heard. These are the stories of the diverse rainbow community from across the globe. Coming to you from Australia's LGBTIQ radio station, Joy. Worldwide Wave, and we're talking all things America tonight with our guest, Professor Paula Gerber from Kaleidoscope Australia Human Rights Foundation and the Monash University Law Faculty. Paula, we've had a message in from Douglas. Hello, Douglas. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is sadly missed, who was the uh, former US um, Supreme Court judge. Uh, Worth noting that US Supreme Court judgments affect more than just the USA. America, Samoa, Palau and the Marshall Islands in our region may also be affected. That's right. Um, So America has a number of territories, um, including in the South Pacific, like like uh, the US Virgin Islands, American Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, and they are all influenced by the laws of the United States. And I'd say even further than that, because for better, for worse, uh, America is still held up on a bit of a pedestal. And a lot of other countries look to America as guidance on things like human rights and equality and respect for diversity and at the moment the message that they're getting is it's okay to discriminate against vulnerable minorities. Mm. For Australia um, marriage equality here generated you know a huge outpouring of positivity but again that pendulum thing um, you mentioned before swung back and we ended up with the religious discrimination bill which didn't get through but it it does really show that there is this constant swaying of rights yes well the the religious discrimination bills uh which scott morrison tried on three separate occasions to uh get passed and failed on all occasions that was certainly example of the pendulum swinging back the other way but other examples uh are for For example, the Safe Schools Program was Mm. largely defunded and that was because the the opponents of marriage equality successfully argued that um, this was going to, you know, mean that our children learnt about anal sex and orgies and sex tools in in school. And uh, so they very successfully campaigned for the Safe Schools Program to be canned everywhere except Victoria. Um, Other examples of these uh, 
um, LGBTIQ initiatives that have followed the positive step of marriage equality would be the Chandler Bill. So Claire Chandler in Tasmania introduced the Women in Sports Bill to try and keep trans people out of sports. We had Mark Latham in the New South Wales Parliament uh, introduce a bill very similar to the parental rights and education ones that we, we saw in America where um, teachers would be would have been prohibited from talking about um, gender identity and sexual orientation in schools. Again, unsuccessful. But the damage that's done just by these initiatives being proposed, being debated and being given an air of legitimacy because it is an attempt to change the law, um, is very frightening and very damaging for our trans community in particular. And when that air of legitimacy comes from you know, the highest levels, and I'm thinking of our recent federal election campaign when um, uh, transphobia was well and truly on show and, and backed by um, you know, the Prime Minister of the day, the, the Catherine Deves affair, it didn't have as much... Um, success as much power as it did in America. Why do you think it's a bit different here? Um, I think our our population is less religious than in um, mm. America and I think so a lot of the uh, the religious arguments that are very successful in America um, do not have as much traction here in Australia and I think Scott Morrison was already very much on the nose and so People had already tuned out to him, and this just gave them another um, uh, reason to not listen to what he was saying. But I would suggest that his reasons for doing that were the same as the reasons in America. It's let's distract you from all the things that I haven't done well, mm. like set up an integrity commission, like address climate change. Let's not look at that. Let's instead look at the risk of, you know, young girls in sports being beaten by trans girls. Well, was it also an attempt to capture the more radical people to try to, because it was on the nose, and say, let's try to get all these people on side and... Yes, he certainly has a, uh, a demographic yeah. that um, whatever he says uh, is, is going to be gold to them. And um, yeah, so yeah. he was also, I think, playing into their handbook. Uh, we've had a message in. Thanks for that message there. I haven't got a name there, but um, thank you for an in-depth interview on the political situation in the US. Is there any moment, uh, any thoughts on the possibility of gun reform with the mm. continued mass horrors? It's a um, I, I'm shaking my head. You can't see that. <laughs> but um, I thought that the Sandy Hook uh, massacre, that the Columbine massacre, I thought that all these other incidences we had, Virginia Tech, that they were going to be the catalyst for reform. And they haven't. And I don't. I think this is just going to be another incident where we just hold our heads in shame and shake our heads and going, if not now, when? And, you know, you had Trump speaking at an NRA rally in Texas on the weekend in favour of, um, you know, the free use of guns. I, I, I can't see where... Uh, or how they're going to achieve gun reform. And in this instance, all they're going to focus on is the fact that the police took 45 minutes delay before they went in. So exactly. they'll say that's the reason for the whole massacre. Yes, yes. Mm. 
and you know they always talk about the mental health mm, of, the, to, yeah. of the uh, of the of the and it's like well we have people with mental health problems in Australia too and we don't have this or we certainly not since Port Arthur and New Zealand hasn't had it since their um, Christchurch mosque massacre so you know other countries are able to respond to these horrific events in a positive way to make sure that it doesn't happen again and America seems paralysed in doing that. If there is a retreat in LGBT rights as a as a um, an overall sort of approach in America, what effect might that have globally, given that influence factor that America has in you know in the world around us? I think it emboldens other countries to follow suit, and we still have 71 countries around the world where it is a crime to be gay, and there's a lot of diplomacy going on to try and get these countries to repeal these um, laws, uh, many of which are sort of legacies from the colonial era, and the it, that's going to become that much harder to do. It's like, well, why should we listen to you, American ambassador, um, telling us what to do when look what's going on in your country? You're actually persecuting LGBTIQ people. So um, it certainly makes reform on a global stage that much harder. Turning to your organisation, Kaleidoscope Australia, because we've got a movie night coming up right here at the Pride Centre. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but worth letting people know again, you're showing Welcome to Chechnya, the film. That's right. So Kaleidoscope Human Rights Foundation is about protecting and promoting the rights of LGBTIQ people in the Asia-Pacific region. And I confess that in the last two years of COVID, we've rather been in hibernation. So this is us coming out of hibernation, um, making use of this wonderful Pride Centre to host a film night. And um, Welcome to Chechnya is the movie. It's um, it's an, not far under 18s and it's not a, a rom-com or any sort of light entertainment. It's very sobering entertainment. But it's a documentary that really puts a spotlight on what happens if you don't remain vigilant about protecting the rights of vulnerable minorities. And um, I've been saying that what we're seeing in America happening now with all these anti-trans laws is what I would expect to see happen in Russia. Not mm. in America, you know, where their national anthem proclaims them to be the land of the free. Mm. So um, Chechnya is, is, a, is a warning to the rest of the world that this can happen in your backyard if you don't stand up and speak up when the rights of minorities are being trampled on. So you can come on down here to the Pride Centre, you can uh, book your tickets, go to the Facebook page of Kaleidoscope Australia or our very own one, W3Joy, World Wide Wave. Um, we put the link on our Facebook page as well. Great. And, yes, there's only a few tickets left. I think Ooh. we've already sold over 100. Fantastic. Um, and it starts at 6.15 with uh, drinks and and nibbles to give everyone an opportunity to come together face-to-face, -to -face, which is something it's we haven't been able to do for a while. This Thursday or next this, Thursday? Next Thursday, this 2nd of June. 2nd of June. Um, so, the, yeah, in the foyer of the Pride Centre are the drinks and nibbles, and then we're using the theatreette also on the ground floor for the movie screening. Fantastic. As always, it is great to have you here. Great to have you in our new home here as well, and you are welcome anytime. Paula Gerber from Kaleidoscope Australia Human Rights Foundation and the Law Faculty at Monash University, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure.
the world's longest-running radio show dedicated to international LGBTIQ news and current affairs. This is World Wide Wave from Australia's Rainbow Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Listen live or on demand from wherever you are in the world. Stream us live on joy.org.au or subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform to World Wide Wave. A huge thank you to Professor Paula Gerber from Kaleidoscope Australia Human Rights Foundation and Monash University Faculty of Law. You can find out more about the event that's on this week, the film night here at the Pride Centre, or about the organisation at their Facebook page or Twitter. And thanks everybody who has sent us Facebook messages uh, like J uh, Jennifer, Kevin, Bev, Moyad and a whole heap more have joined or interacted with us on Facebook during this past week. Uh, that's W3Joy on Facebook. And behind, behind the scene, Dean is our social media master and Peter is our podcaster. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another podcast from World Wide Wave, the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. World Wide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash worldwidewave or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.